from Acton Boxborough Regional High School, this is Off the Spectrum, the high school newspaper's very own podcast. I'm Sophie Zhang, class of AB22 and the current news editor for The Spectrum. On December 17th, 2020, an anonymous user, later suspected to be an Arizona juvenile, verbally assaulted the two Bach members of Acton Boxborough School Committee, Kira Cook and Edwin Abaya-Isa. They flooded the Q&A section of the online meeting with hundreds of slurs, including the N-word. Today, we hear from Kira Cook and other members of our community as they reflect upon the incident and the subsequent ones that occurred. First, we hear from a representative of the Acton Police, who are currently investigating the hate incidents, to give us a little bit of context behind their history at AB. Thank you guys for having me. I'm Detective Michael Rackler with Acton Police. Um, family services is what I'm assigned to. Civil rights is part of the family service unit. So that's something that I guess we'll be focusing on today. So I looked at 2020 and some of the data. So in the town of Acton, we reported three. Right, so three hate crime incidents. Um, if you look at surrounding towns to get a perspective of what um, what's going on in our area, uh, Westford also had three. Chumpsford, a neighboring town, had 14. Arlington, a similar town to us, had seven. Newton, four. A big city like Lowell reported just one. And Lawrence, another large city, reported five. So that comes down to what people actually report and how good they are at identifying the issues. Um, So those were crimes committed. In the town of Acton, we also break it down into um, hate incidents, right? So different than a crime, but it still has some hateful or biased motivated conduct conduct attached to it. Um, In in 2020, we had six. Uh, In 19, we had seven. In 18, we had one. Some of them have been um, anti-religion. Some of them have been anti-race or against the race instead of anti, just racial slurs, racial epithets. The elements of a hate crime are, you know, is there a targeted offender or or victim? So you have to have, to have a hate crime, you have to have a crime that already occurred and and the bias motivation behind it is is almost like an attachment or an add-on to that. So it's like an assault and battery on you, um, but I did it because my motive, my intent was because you were X, Y, or Z, right? Whether it's gender identity or race or religion or sexual orientation, right? So I did a crime but my motivation was based upon a protective class, right? So some, you're in a class that's protective and I attacked you based upon that. So that has to be kind of the motivation um, for that protected group. So those are some of the elements involved. A hate incident is I drew a, a swastika on a snowbank, right? So I don't, yes, the people from um, say the, the Jewish faith community, you're gonna see that and say, listen, we're, we're the victims of that but it wasn't specifically targeted. We don't know if the kid even understands or whoever did it understands um, what that means to the community, what that means to maybe the Jewish community, right? So those are all the things that we're trying to figure out during the process of the investigation was who was the intended target, if any, and then, you know, was it hateful speech versus I'm doing this to threaten you and this is a symbol I'm gonna use to intimidate you, all right? So those are the things that can take it over that, that threshold to say, all right, that's not just, you know, hateful speech that now becoming a crime because I'm going to try to harass you with this. 
You know, we work with the district attorney's office out of Concord, you know, offering them that what we can find for evidence and then they break it down and tell us, you know, what crime, you know, fits in that based upon what elements were, you know, a bit of a checked off. Naturally, we know it's, it could be a hate incident or it could be, uh, but doesn't necessarily make it a hate crime. Um, this was a little obviously different because um, the other ones that we discussed, they were um, either spray painted or drawn or written where this became, you know, um, live over digital. Um, to your knowledge, has the district attorney office categorized um, the recent school committee incidents yet? Um, so that's still under active investigation. So um, asked not to kind of speak about those details because they're going to have to, as we get new information, if any, they're going to be able to process that. If I was to say um, we're here on the case, it could change by the end of this call. And I don't want to mislead or give the public misinformation. I'd rather just be as transparent as possible. You know, they actively have the case. We're, we're doing everything we can to see if there's a connection, if there's a link, if there's anything else. But we can only give them what we have. And we haven't been able to review all the documents yet. To begin, we asked our interviewees to introduce themselves, as well as detail the reactions to the incident. Hi, is it okay if I use your voice recording for a podcast? Oh, yes, I guess. <laughs> That's why I wanted to use the good microphone. I'm so sad. Now I'm going to sound all weird and zoomy. For anyone who doesn't know, this is Kira Cook, a proud mother at AB and a member of the school committee. Okay, so my first question was, how have the incidents affected you personally? You know, the first incident um, was was a shock, um, full of all sorts of unexpected consequences. Um, when I looked at the box, I, I mean, it, it was, it was flooded. There must have been, you know, a hundred instances of, of the word in there. It was awful. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was really, it was awful. Um, so you see the, you know, you can see the little Q&A box and it gets this little number, right? So we saw the number, or at least I saw the number. Um, and, you know, usually it's one or two and that's normal. But then it started shooting up to 10, 11, 12, 13, 37, 42. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? Um, and so I went and I, I, I pressed the box and there it was just all of it. And, and I, you know, I won't repeat what was in there, um, but just know that it was bad. Um, and the N word was part of that, but it wasn't just the N word. It was a lot. Um, and, and it was awful. It was really awful. And what were some of your immediate reactions? I swiped it away. Um, I, I, I had an opportunity to literally swipe it away and that's what I did. Um, and I, I think that that's, uh, that's what I was thinking about in that, in that moment. I, it's just, I, I, that is not me. And that is a word that does not matter to me. And so I shall dismiss it into the universe. What part of your journey do you think contributed to that reaction? Yeah, wow. That's a great question. You know, there are many parts of my journey that, that made me do that. The, the, uh, the biggest being, you know, there is so much to do. Do you know how busy I am? I don't have time for this little word and, and people who choose to use it as a weapon. Um, I, I, you know, and I think that that's where I got to over time in my life is that this word is not a word for me. It is not a word that, that touches me because it is not a word that describes me. It is a word that people choose to use um, for the purpose of dehumanization. And I'm a whole human. I don't have time for that. Um, so I swiped it away. That's what I do. 
but I, you know, again, I, I want to elevate that. I know that that word is painful. I don't want to make it seem like that word does not hurt me. Um, it is a hurtful word. It pierces even the strongest armor. Um, but that is my choice. That's how I choose to uh, deflect that piercing. But I, I want to say, and I want to, I want to affirm and elevate um, Evelyn's reaction because her visceral reaction um, in that first incident is the reason why so much of us are talking about um, the experiences of people of color here in Acton. And, and no one else would have known about what had happened to us if she had not spoken up and spoken out. And what was your reaction to the second incident? The second incident was less shocking because the Band-Aid could, had kind of been ripped off, right? Um, but it was frustrating. I, I, I had only just recovered from the first round. Um, and, and now I had to spend time again, um, you know, going back into it and dealing with the second round. Next is Jasmine Wu, the op-ed editor, with a voice from the community and a teacher at AB. Let's have you start off by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about your role in eCares. Which is a group of Acton Box Road teachers and stands for Educators Committed to Anti-Racism, Equity, and Justice. I'm Ms. Gottesman. My students know me as Senora Gottesman because I teach Spanish here at the high school. And uh, I am a co-founding member of eCares. And I'm on the steering committee and I'm also on the uh, student voice subcommittee. So um, my initial reaction was anger. And really, I was not surprised. Um, so I'm Puerto Rican American and um, I have family members who are white brown like me and black. And on two separate occasions, um, my sons had to defend their cousins, also my nephews, um, who are black um, during visits to Acton um, years ago. So um, for example, my older son was taunted by a friend um, beca because he has black cousins. Uh, and then my younger son was questioned about one of his cousins in a way that, you know, that I won't repeat here. So it wasn't surprising to me, um, initially, I was very angry and, uh, and sad. Next, we have Tessa McKinley, and I am the chair of the Acton-Boxborough Regional School Committee. I have lived in Boxborough for 13 years, but I also grew up in Acton and graduated from AB. I look at my colleagues as, as women who I have learned greatly from, who I've benefited from their perspective, you know, who bring so much knowledge to the table and so much information and a different perspective on looking at school and schooling and our community and AB. And, you know, I think that about every member of my committee. And so to think that there's anybody who doesn't approve of or wants to target certain members of the committee is just, it's horrifying. Um, you know, this is volunteer work and all of us have you know, run in our communities and said that we're going to take on this work for three years at a time, which is, which is a big commitment. And I think it's just, it's just disgusting that anyone would, would question them in their, uh, question their, their reason for being there or that they should be there. A member of eCares had a similar reaction as interviewed by Editor-in-Chief Anushka Wani. 
I didn't, I didn't dress up for the occasion. I just got hired. <laughs> you look awesome as usual, madame. Don't even worry about it. So, okay. So how about you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your role in eCares. Okay, so my name is Madame Foster, Kathy Foster, and I've um, been a part of the eCares group just since the fall of um, this academic year, so 2020, and I am on the subcommittee for um, policy and practices. There wasn't one reaction. Um, I think probably for most people, there wasn't one reaction. Um, there was anger, there was sadness. Um, and then there was also this like, okay, now what? What are we going to do about this? Um, yeah, I think that that would probably encapsulate the the feelings that I went through was, you know, anger, sadness. Um, it is interesting that, you know, obviously racism is everywhere, right? But you sometimes don't expect it to show up in your backyard. Um, and so, although I'm very aware that racism is everywhere and that Acton and Boxborough are not immune to that, um, I think it's safe to say that it, it was still a little surprising and incredibly hurtful to think that it's right in our backyard and it was so um, evil and, and purposely pointed and directed at two individuals who are so giving. Um, and whose roles, I think, on the school committee are so incredibly important. Next is eCare's member. Jen Gable, and I am a, a school counselor. Uh, I've been here at the high school for the last, oh goodness, 18 years. Uh, it's crazy how that kind of creeps up on you. And uh, prior to that, I'd worked at a couple of independent schools and admissions. And my role within eCare is I'm, I'm definitely, you know, a supporting member. I specifically work on the community outreach group and also looking at the, the policy piece. So sort of a balcony view of what policies are in place at the high school and the, the district level to help um, in thinking of thinking about racial justice um, and equity. When I heard about the first incident, I was not watching the school committee um, myself. I started getting texts from, you know, some of from some other people in um, in the counseling department and members of eCares. I guess naively, my first reaction was was of disbelief and then wanting to know, know more, wanting to understand, and then sadness, anger, and then also, you know, what role I might have as a counselor in terms of student outreach, outreach to the members of the school committee, you know, sort of like thinking about my own sphere of influence. And then in terms of the, the second school committee, meeting was kind of all of the same emotions and, and also like profound sadness. Even though I don't live in Acton or Boxborough, the, the community is definitely, and people at the high school are definitely my second family. And so, um, you know, when you're encountered with something that 
that goes so against your own beliefs, it's, um, it's really, I mean, it's very disheartening. So, um, yeah, lots of different, lots of different emotions, none of them positive. Next, we hear from a community member interviewed by Main Spread editor Rebecca Zhang. All right. So before I get into any questions, I know that this can be a pretty difficult topic to talk about. So if at any point you're uncomfortable, just let me know. So first, do you just want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Leela Ramachandran. I am a public health transfer student at UMass Amherst. Uh, I, was current, I was previously at a school in Ohio. Um, and right now I'm serving on the Act and Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Commission. Um, but I used to be part of Racial Justice for Black Lives and AB Students for Equity and Justice. Nice. Uh, so do you want to expand on your role in Acton's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Group a little? Sure. So I'm just a member, um, but I think I, I care a lot about these topics like everyone else does on that commission. Um, but I think I have a slightly different perspective as someone who is younger, um, but also someone who has had a little bit of experience in this field and I kind of understand some of the bigger players in the town and kind of how things are fitting together. Um, but I really am just one part of the overall commission. First of all, what were your initial reactions to this racial attack at a school committee meeting? Um, I would say the first one was a little bit of shock um, just because I didn't expect people to necessarily be that to be that ballsy <laughs> I mean it happens all the time um, in terms of like racist incidents at schools and around town um, but I think that it's a different level when it's it happens in such a public forum especially when the people are donating their time I would say the other kind of feeling was just anger and frustration um, I know both of them personally they were both incredibly supportive and checked in on me throughout like the summer and all of my kind of getting involved in racial justice work in Acton and Boxborough. Um, like there's nothing that I can do to make that better. I, I can't fix that. I can't really take away the pain that happened. Um, and so it was, it was hard to watch that happen and then happen again and not be able to do anything other than kind of speak out about it, but it doesn't feel like enough. Next, we have student voices from the World of Difference program at AB, as interviewed by Supriya Shroff, the off-topic editor. Maybe you each could do a quick intro of your name and grade. Hi, I'm Zainab Jarnavi. I'm a junior at the high school. I'm Emily Kai. I'm also a junior at the high school, and I use she/her pronouns. Um, when you first heard about the racist incidents at the school committee Zooms, what were your first thoughts? Honestly, um, as a Black person in the part of the community, I wasn't surprised. I know that this community um, has uh, like racist thoughts, and there are some people in this community who are racist, and we just don't call them out. So I wasn't really surprised. I was just disappointed that it was just going to be another incident that we talk about. Yeah, for sure. I likewise wasn't surprised, but I was just really frustrated, um, especially with all the racial injustice that's recently taken place. It's really sad to see people wielding such hate towards the Black members of our school committee. And I feel ashamed that it's still happening at AB regardless of the diversity that creates it. A community member had a similar thought. Um, my name is Amy Osinar and I moved to Boxborough in 
2017. Um, I have been I've been working with fostering racial justice groups since 2015, I think. I was not shocked at all, certainly disheartened and saddened. There's been plenty of evidence that there's there's a lot of hatred around both, both locally and nationally. And I, I think it seems that it rears its head often when, when Black people take leadership roles in particular. And it's devastating to see that, that Evelyn and Kira have been continued to be put through this. Through police investigation, it was revealed that the attacker was a juvenile from Arizona. Here are our interviewees' reactions to the news. I I I I hope that for 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 our neighbors in our community who have been um have have been afraid, have been who, who have seen this as a, a direct threat to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because because that, that's a thing, that there's a vicarious na- nature to that. Um, I, I hope that this update provides them with relief. Like, you know, it is my sincere hope that, that the, the attacks, the verbal attacks stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there, there, there may be some, and I, though I hope it's not true, but I think that there may be some who, who say to themselves or to each other, you know, see, you know, there, there wasn't any racism in, you know, in Actibox or after all, it's out there, it's other people, it's not us. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think that that, that line of thinking is missing the point. I, I think that we've spent the last four weeks hearing our neighbors who have said loudly and clearly that, you know, this is a problem that really exists here. It, it has happened here before. We've seen the swastikas. We've seen the N-word in the snow. We've seen the, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've seen things scrawled on lockers. We, we've, we've know that things have happened here. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think that though this incident is, is one from outside, I think that, that, a reasonable person will expect that something along these lines will happen again. Um, and so I hope that people are not distracted by the geography um, and are more tuned into the people. Um, this incident happened here and it happened in a context that matters and it happened to people who live here in town. So this is still our work and it will continue. We had help with Arizona PD and they, and they kind of led the charge as far as the investigation goes to be able to find someone that, you know, admitted to it. And then I think that was uh, a big break in the case for us to try to figure out, um, you know, where, where was this coming from? And now the game for us um, is really because once again, I go back to, I want my residents. I want these people. I want the people on the school committee, everyone to kind of figure out if they were targeted, if, if they did this on purpose or this person did it on purpose, um, did they know they were in the room? Did they know they were in the meeting? These are all the things that we're trying to find out. Once again, we're dealing with a juvenile. We may not be able to get those answers. That's the reality of these cases. Uh, if he doesn't want to speak to us, if the parents don't allow him to speak to us, you know, there's Miranda warnings for juveniles. It's very difficult for us to maybe get that information from him. 
So the best we can do is, you know, what did the detectives find out in Arizona? We get the transcripts and we get to watch the audio. We get to watch the invest, you know, the, as far as the interview process, can we read body language? Can we find out things that happened? Do we think he's lying? Some of those things we may be able to find out, but we still, in full transparency, might not get all the answers that we, we want. We just want it to end. We want it to stop. And that to us, at least we've identified someone um, and hopefully it does stop. As the detective for, you know, quite some time now, 15 years, with acting, you sit there and you say, well, things, you know, things don't seem to add up. Um, and that bothers me as a detective, right? You, we, we try to fill these blocks back together. Um, we have this Jenga puzzle and, and pieces don't fit. And we're like, Arizona, young kid, small town acting across the country. How's this fit? And why does he come back? And, and why does he use this? And why does he use that? And how did he find this? Um, I wanna, I wanna find out, I'm anxious to find out as much as, as maybe some of you are, am I skeptical about him being alone? Yeah, because that's my job. My job's not to be like, oh, you confessed? All right, cool, you did it. It doesn't add up. Um, but what we're going to have to do and understand as a community and as a detective is we have to take what evidence we have. And we might not like that in the end, but we have to go off the evidence. If he's gonna sit there and say, I did it by myself, if at the end of the day, it only is this kid by himself because he went online, we, we have to you know, accept that, even if we don't agree with it or believe it. That's all we might be left with. And it's troublesome. That is troublesome to me. But Winchester, and that's a, that's a really small town down the street, you know, they had this case similar. They had a, a town meeting where they got Zoom bombed as well. Once again, they started connecting those dots and they caught a group of kids from around the country. I think there was maybe six. And they interviewed all six of these members and they had put together 70 different towns in the country and zoom bombed them all. It was random. And when you got such a young person with such power of the internet to reach so many people, uh, unfortunately it could be seen as a new age prank call. It's, uh, it's difficult when young kids have technology because they don't necessarily understand the power of it and the connection of it and how it can hurt so many people. So I do, I, I sit there and I empathize with everyone who's sitting here going, come on APD, like there has to be more of a connection. But I agree, I, I think there should be. I'm not satisfied with the results um, of he just picked random. And that's all, if that's all we have, that's all we have. And I, I kind of hope the community can see that. I kind of hope the students can see that. Um, you know, we, we keep digging, we keep trying to hit other, you know, could there possibly have been someone else he knew from this town? I don't know. No one wants to tell us. You know, we, we just can't make it up to please people. Um, you know, we have victims, and, and I've spoken with them numerous times, and I feel real bad that they feel targeted. You know what bothers me? I don't know if this kid even knows that we had members on our school committee board that he may have been offending. Like, I don't know that. I don't know that he knows that we had people of race or people of religion or anything on our school committee board. You know, we, we haven't had that information. So if he just randomly typed that in to, to an open school committee board that he found on an online platform, we, we, that might be all we have. And I don't know it's, it's, it's not the ultimate response that we want to give you guys, but we want to be honest. And that's what we have so far. Uh, so I believe there was a second racial incident at the school committee meeting later on. Mm -hmm. Do we know if these two are connected in any way? 
Yeah, so the school committee meetings, he admitted to, to all of them, I guess, as far as the ones that were connected that I've seen. It does not sound like he didn't have connections to this town. It doesn't. Um, but as far as we know, he's only saying it was, it was him alone. He doesn't know anybody. And um, it was silly and he apologizes. And that's not going to be enough for our, our victims. I know it. And I, I don't think it's right. And that's the struggle that we have, right? You guys look at us and say, come on, Acton, you guys can do better. We want to do better, but we're limited. It's a kid. And that's the tough part. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a tough task. So, you know, working with Concord District Court, um, the district district attorney, she's wonderful. She came from uh, juvenile court prior to her assignment here. So she said she's going to be able to work on that case um, between the two courts and see what she can kind of put together um, and see if, you know, Arizona will work with us as far as putting um, some kind of a charge or complaint together against this uh, this individual. And we're just gonna have to see how the courts wanna play that out as far as um, what they can do to reciprocate our laws with theirs um, and what we can do about trying to get some some punishment. It's, it's very difficult. And like I said, Concord will handle that, but uh, we're gonna help along the process as much as we can. I think whether it was perpetrated by somebody in Arizona or Italy doesn't make a difference because we still continue to have this problem um, in our town. You know, we've had other incidents that have happened, um, you know, to students in the school or anti-Semitic symbols on our grounds. Uh, so we've definitely had um, other incidents over the years. So it's still a very glaring problem that needs to be addressed. I hope that they follow the threads to figure out how this, you know, whether it's actually, you know, it's a suspect. So whether that's actually the case and how that person tied into Acton Boxborough School Committee, um, you know, I, I, I really hope that, that both that they look into that specific incident, but also that, that we honor the fact that when this debate about whether or not to change the name of the colonials came up, that, that the school committee received um, far, far too many hateful emails that, um, so that whether this particular incident is from someplace else or not, we clearly have this level of hatred in our community and it, it needs to be addressed. I honestly don't even know what to believe. Like, I don't know, is that true? Because it doesn't make any sense that that person joins twice and has any connection to a small town in Massachusetts where it's like in the middle of nowhere. So I, I kind of don't feel, I don't feel like it's correct. It, it doesn't give me any sort of like, um, I don't know how to like express it, but it doesn't give me any closure or anything. Yeah, I mean, um, at the same time, though, I feel like it's good that if it's really true that that person isn't from our isn't from like our community, because that just <laughs> it would be awful if they were. A recurring question and reaction to the news was what motivated the attacker. Taking a broader approach, we asked a few interviewees what they think motivates hate. I don't know. I, I don't know what motivates people to be hateful. And I, I you know, I, I, I almost don't wish to know. I, I, you know, I think, you know, I think that hatred is, 
I, I think that there's just so many other ways to, to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's just like so many other ways to exist in the world. I, I, I don't want to make space for hate. I, I don't even want to make space for, for the consideration of it. it I, I, I do not know what motivated that person. You know, racism is something that I think is, 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 comes from a place of ignorance. I think that you, I think that it can be changed. I think that um, people can learn and grow. Um, and, and the only thing I know for sure is that that person or people um, came from a place of ignorance and I would, I would imagine hatred. And my hope is that somewhere along the way that we will find out who it was, where it came from, and, and maybe we can do some work to educate that person and help them learn and grow and become a better person.